When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The Three Down Greencast is brought to you by the Pile of Bones Brewing Company. New tap room now open at Sass Drive and Cameron in Regina. Well, welcome to the Three Down Greencast with Joel Gasson and uh, John Fraser. And we lo- I learned a little bit of an interesting tidbit today, reading uh, the excellent column by, by uh, former Rider General Manager Brendan Tammond that appears in the Star Phoenix and the uh, Leader Post every week was that in the 2013 season, former Riders defensive back Dwight Anderson was punished by Corey Chamberlain every time he was fined by the team or the league, which makes me wonder how many times he was fined by the team and we never heard about mm-hmm. it. Right. Um, not in a typical way you would uh, normally think, though. It's actually kind of smart. So Corey Chamberlain decided every time that uh, DA was fined, he had to read a book and then do a book report. <laughs> That's in, fantastic. In in pretty quick order for uh for uh Corey to uh, to check over. I don't know if he's graded. I don't know if it had to be presented orally. If it was written, those details were uh, left out a little bit. I feel like uh, I feel like Rob Vanstone needs to get to the bottom of that with Brendan Tammen and really flush that one out. Maybe on another episode of Rider Rumblings or something. But yeah. I just read that. I was on my lunch break at work when I read that, and I just laughed and sent it to everyone. I was like, that is that is just simply. Amazing and really out of the box thinking, as far as I can tell. I don't know too many other. We haven't heard of too many other circumstances where that's happened. Yeah, yeah, and it, not even something you've caught wind of or a former owner, player, GM coming out and saying it. Um, now, what I was want to know is, it, 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 and we were talking about this before we started recording. You know, when you started getting into like you know junior high and high school, and you had to do a book report, and the teachers were like, "No, no, no." You can't do it on children's books. You can't do it on, like, young fiction. It has to be, like, a real book. A real book I that wonder... means something, dang it. Exactly. I wonder what the guidelines were like for Dwight Anderson. And this is not meant to be a knock on his intelligence. No, no, but, like, if he was fined for, like, a uniform violation, was it, okay, Dwight, you got to do the little engine that could. And if he was fined or suspended for, like, an illegal hit, you almost wonder if they made him do something, like, you know, really uncomfortable, like, Fifty Shades of Grey, or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Again, these are the details that we need. Uh, we need someone to uh, get to the bottom of because I'm I'm really fascinated, really curious by this by this by this punishment method now. Because yeah, I mean it's 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 not a little bit of work. This is a fair bit amount of work for doing something that you know for getting busted for doing something. So right, yeah, like it's and really- this is on top of the fine. This is on top of the fine. It's probably worse than the fine, especially if you had to le- read like a full length, like actual book and do a report on it. 
Yeah. I'd be like, can you just find me again, please? <laughs> I'll just pay double the fine, please. <laughs> I'll just give you even more money. Do not make me do this. <laughs> so, in light of that, John, if you were to be punished by your employer or more, more likely your wife for mm-hmm. uh, stepping out of line. What Spilling would be, a beer uh, on, the, on the bed. Yeah, again. something like that. What would be a task or subject from, say, elementary school that would uh, just send shivers down your spine and make sure that you, you learned your lesson? Arts and crafts. I am, I am not arty. I am not crafty. I see it, and I'm like, I just, I just don't want to do it. I am not skilled at all. I would probably get hot glue everywhere, might burn myself, might cut part of my finger off when trying to make snowflake. That hasn't actually happened for the record, but yeah, Not even no. macaroni art or something like, no, no, I'd find a way. I'd find a way to screw it up horribly. It would, uh, I'd, I'd somehow. Create... John, why did you cook the pasta first? God damn it. That's exactly <laughs> it. It's tasty. I like the pasta. I like, you know, throw some tomato sauce on there. Cheese sauce. It's good. Um, yeah, no arts and crafts by a mile. How about, how about you Gasson? How, how, which subject would your punishment be? Like, like, I don't, I don't know. You, you, you spill beer on your couch, and, and Jenny comes home, and she's like, Joel, all right, you're doing this. And what would make your skin crawl? Uh, for me, and we've actually been talking about this. What were we talking about this? I forget where. It might have been. It was around somewhere with some friends or something. It was. It would be It would be, it would be the beep test. The beep test? You ever do the beep test? I don't remember what the beep test it's is. It's like fitness thing. You remember to do, like, fitness evaluations? Oh, yeah, And you yeah, had yeah. to run back and forth in the wall of the gym before the beeped? Oh right, yeah. We and never the beeps, and the beeps got progressively faster as you went. Right, yeah. We never had anything like that out in Ontario or out in my neck of the woods. I was gonna say because I was in Ontario and we had, and I talked to a number of people around Saskatchewan here that also had the beep test. Yeah, we we had we had like the um. The well, you had to go. Minute... You had to go in the woods and survive. Is that what you did out in the middle of nowhere? <laughs> hey, not even kidding. That's a cre- that is a credit course at my high school. Yeah. I am not even kidding you. It's called the Outers Program. Look it up. You literally go on a 12-day trip in a canoe for a credit. Wow. Yeah, no. Completely legit. Like, I'm not pulling this one out of my rear end. <laughs> like, this is a thing. Like, this is not This is not me being me. This is a real thing that happens. Um, we had the... It was like the 20... Or it was like the 20-minute run where you literally just ran laps around the gym. Yeah. And you had to hit a certain number of laps to pass it. Mm. So we didn't have the beep, but we had the, all right, run. I almost feel like that was like like a teacher hangover day kind of idea. Like, all right, I feel like shit. You bastards go run. <laughs> I mean, maybe. I, I just remember, like, because I'm, I'm I am not someone who enjoys running. Yes. I, I do not run at a very fast speed. I am very good in short bursts, about yes. 60 feet, because that's about as far as it is from home base to first base in my softball <laughs> yes. league. So that's about the gist of it. I can maybe leg out a double every once in a while. A triple yeah. I'm bagged by the end of it, a home run, forget about it. <laughs> so <laughs> so that that's where I'm at. So I, I would I would be eliminated from the beep test pretty early. Well, uh, that's fair. That's, that's If we're talking million. non-physical things, then it would easily just be math. 
So yeah, yeah, no math. Uh, ma- math has never bothered me, which is probably good considering. Um, considering finance. you work with numbers now, yeah, that probably. Be yeah, good. yeah, that 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 would that would. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not a full out math nerd, but I'm not not a math nerd. I mean, you wear glasses, so. I do thick brim ones too. I should maybe put some <laughs> tape around the middle. You know, really go for the look. Uh, pen, pocket protector, the whole thing, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Maybe for <laughs> Halloween, that's what I'll do. People would be like, "This guy, this guy knows his numbers. I'm buying whatever he's selling." <laughs> Warranty, yes. Protection package, yes. Insurance, yes. I'm in all the way with my 300 credit score. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so in this episode, uh, we're going to talk, of course, about uh, the Riders losing to the Calgary Stampeders, kind of what that game means. Uh, we're going to spin off also to uh, Bo Levi Mitchell's comments at halftime about the officiating and sort of how we felt about the officiating that game. And then uh, uh, sparked a little bit of a, not really a controversy on Twitter, a tweet that I sent out kind of blew up more than I was expecting a little bit. It had to do with uh, attendance across professional sports because we've we talked about the uh, attendance in the CFL a lot this year, and it's becoming pretty obvious now that this is not uh, a CFL-specific mm-hmm. kind of thing. So uh, we, in, in the name of fairness, we'll have to touch on that as well. So uh, before we get to all that, as usual, John, uh, what's in the glass this week? Well, I'm surprised it's taken me this long to get uh, a sample or a try of this, but uh, during Thanksgiving dinner... First off, I walked in and uh, it was a little late. I had to work Saturday. We did ours on Saturday. So a lot of Lacey's family was up. Love seeing them, having a great time. But as soon as I walked in, the discussion was all about politics. Oh, boy. And then I found in the corner of my in-law's living room is Lacey's cousin, Ryan, who's about the same age as I am. And we've always been, you know, got along pretty well. I found him sitting in the corner by himself and I went, so... Let's talk about craft beer instead of politics. And we proceeded to list off our favorite craft beers, you know, most of which I've sampled right here on the show. Uh, But he recommended, he says, well, have you tried Blackbridge's Wheat Burst yet? Mm -hmm. And I said, I haven't. So the very next day, I went and picked up a uh, four-pack of Tall Boys of Blackbridge's Wheat Burst. Uh, Fruity, hoppy, unfilters is what it says right on the can. And... uh, basically a nice summary of it it is it is mm-hmm. a nice again more of a summer beer a lighter beer but i'm more into uh, the lighter beers i'm not as much of a stout dark guy as you are joel but uh no it's it's very good if, if, if you like a lot of the recommendations i've put forward so far on the podcast i imagine you'll also like wheat burst uh i should also say um i also went to a wedding on the sunday at the capitol music club where i was quite thrilled that like you know, normally you think Saskatchewan wedding. It's like pill. Yeah. You know, kokanee, um, Bud Light. No, no, no. This was at a bar. So I was on um, I was on lentil cream the entire night. And the hangover the next day wasn't that bad. There was no pulsing. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I see what you did there because lentil's a pulse crop. Ah, that was... That was that was good, Joel. That's that's dad joke territory. I might Absolutely. steal that from you. Absolutely, you should. You should as an actual dad. Uh, for me, for me, um, I am uh, drinking something that's uh, new to Saskatchewan this week. Uh, the Rebellion's new blackberry sour smoothie. It's got uh, blackberries in it. Obviously, it's a bit of a sour hit note, and also a little bit of a creamy lactose note as well. So it uh, kind of hits all the nice corners a little well. Kind of a nice fall sour where it's it's a little darker, a little tartier rather than like fruity and light so it drinks yes. a little a touch heavier which is a a nice for a sour this time of year compared to say the pile of bones uh 
cranberry kettle sour or along those lines that are just super light and refreshing and you want to drink like a thousand of them when it's 30 degrees out or or when jules getting married that too that as well <laughs> so the riders uh they lost to the calgary stampeders as uh, we all know at this point yeah and it was an interesting football game i thought it was really a tale of two games i thought the first half of both teams were kind of holding back a little bit but also being kind of dumbasses at the same time <laughs> it's probably a good That's way fair. to describe it it was it was just a bizarre sort of start to the football game and the second half i thought the second half was that was well played football between two very good teams so there was a bit of a yin and a yang to that game and at the end of the day the riders lost by two and it's kind of left two prevailing thoughts in my mind and uh, we're going to get into this a little bit now, and that's number one. If you've seen the piece on Three Down Nation, um, Ryan Ballantyne, our guy out of Calgary, I know, I know, he's he's a <laughs> he's a self-admitted troll. So I mean, I respect him for what he does. He knows who he is, and he sticks by it, and everything he says, he actually believes. So it's, number it's one, true. And, and I love the fact that Ryan is 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 such a and I, and I'm going to expose him a bit. He's a great shit disturber, yep. but if you get the chance to like actually like talk to him, get to know him, know him personally. I've known Ryan. I've met him a few times through through sports. Great human being, but mm-hmm. yeah, guy loves stirring shit up. Oh, absolutely. That you don't get that. You don't get on Big Brother without being something like that, right? So no, exactly. <clears throat> so he he had the piece. He wrote the piece where basically the gist of it is that he felt the score kind of flattered the writers and. Uh, I don't disagree with that. Watching the game as it developed and the way it played out, it didn't really feel like a two-point win for Calgary to me, mm-hmm. at least. I don't know. I'm not saying the Riders should have been blown out in that game, but the Calgary offense moved enough that you thought it probably should have been probably somewhere in that touchdown, maybe 10-point differential rather than two yeah. points. At least that's how I kind of feel is how that game actually played out. Yeah, no, and I would agree with you there, Joel. Um, and that's I love that I love that Ryan can come out and make a bold statement like that and sound like he's trolling Ryder fans and be actually quite right. Um, the Riders have had a handful of games like that through this year that you know they were pulling ahead, they were pulling away from the other team, and you and I have said it that the score flattered the other team, and well, that was the other way around. You never really had a moment to this game, you know, that you're like, okay, I, I, I think this is it. This is this is the drive. This is the momentum shift. This is what's going to turn things around for the Riders. It just seemed like, although both teams were very good, it did seem like Calgary was just 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 a tick better than the Riders on that night. Yeah, I, and I really think the difference in the game came down to quarterback play. Not not that Co- yeah. not a Cody Fajardo was bad, but you when you watch him play against Bo Levi Mitchell is where you notice the difference between an elite quarterback and a guy who's still kind of figuring things out a little bit. Yeah, and I know we we've hacked a little bit on Glenn Suter at times, but he was one hundred percent correct, and I brought put, brought this up in the column when he was talking about Fajardo and the way he was looking down receivers and looking down sides of the field. It made yes. it very easy for the Calgary defense to pick that up. And the Calgary defense has been one of the defenses in this league that's been able to figure out Fajardo because he's yeah. he's they don't really let him progress through a whole lot of looks just yet. He's still very RPO. He's very, you know, first read run kind of thing. So that really makes it somewhat easier to defend if you have a defense that's you know properly prepared to do that. And Calgary is definitely one of those defenses. So they need to figure out something with Fajardo for when likely these teams meet in the West final, whether it's in Calgary or Saskatchewan, that's yet to be seen, but there has to be sort of an evolution in his game a little bit heading into that game. I think for the riders to have a really good shot at winning that game, 
I think yeah. we'll get into it in a second. I don't think they're doomed because they lost this game by any stretch of the imagination. But that that was basically the difference in this game was you have arguably the best quarterback in the league and a pretty good quarterback that is clearly still growing as a starting professional quarterback. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right, Joel. And I think the other thing that, that didn't help either was the vintage Kurt Ankle, Angle ankle lock right near the end of the half there that was sustained by Fajardo. He looked mm-hmm. to be a little shaken up by by that whole thing and and got him away from the run a little bit. But uh, actually, as we're recording this, I am I'm watching a, a replay of the game. It's just, you know, early in the third quarter here. But you talking about Bo Levi Mitchell's ability to look guys off. They just went through a brief highlight pack where, you know, Bo's looking one way and snaps it back the other way knowing his receiver is going to be there he knows that guy is open and, and you're right Cody Fajardo uh, is I would say very good uh, mm-hmm. definitely you know he honestly the way the injuries have gone he's going to probably end up leading the league in passing yards by the time this thing's all said and done but he's not elite he's not a guy like Bo Levi Mitchell yet who yeah I'm with you you could I still think he's the best quarterback in in the CFL until he's dethroned but uh, to your point you're right I, I don't at no point, you know, we, we were talking that the score, you know, flatter the riders a little bit here. But this doesn't remind me of even a few years ago when the riders would go into Calgary and you just knew that what was going to happen. You knew that no matter mm-hmm. how good that rider team seemed to be, no matter how hot they would come in, it just they were just going to shit the bed in Calgary because Calgary was that good. And, and this game, you watch it and it's one of those that. If a play is made here or there, you know, maybe Powell, you know, breaks out a long run here. Maybe Fajardo doesn't get banged up. Maybe he, he, you know, finds a couple guys deep, you know, is able to escape for a couple of large plays. That's, you know, it's maybe that turns around. And and that's an encouraging sign for this Ryder team to go into Calgary and have, you know, some success. It's not like the old days of, of just getting blown out and this being some sort of doom factory for them. So they know they can go in, they know they can win in Calgary. And if they have to, which, you know, pending something crazy happening, like the bombers actually showing up for a game or two. um, It it looks like that this, this season is set up to go through Calgary to the gray cup. Like it has been so many times in the past few years. Yeah, and the, the interesting thing is you you bring up and they they you go they go into Calgary and they're not it doesn't feel like they're doomed and to bring up you know not to sound like we're being sponsored by Post Media in this episode or anything like this but in Tamman's call that was basically the crux of Brendan Tamman's column was yeah. that the last you know in the, if that, that game felt like the one in 2013 because the Riders always seem to go into Calgary late in the season for whatever reason yeah and in that game they lost a close one. And, but they all felt like it was a springboard to what actually eventually happened in the West Final. And now yeah. that, and that's and that's where the Dwight Anderson thing came up because as a game where he famously said Calgary sucks and the whole thing like yeah. that, right? So yeah, uh, that's why that's why he got into that a little bit. But the general idea of the column was they still they felt like that was a game that you know they they learned from it and they said this isn't going to happen again. We're going to fix our mistakes and go from there. And you brought up the interesting point as well of some missed plays, and this was basically. You know, the the idea of my call and post game on 3downnation.com was despite the fact that maybe the riders weren't as close as the score seemed and some dumb penalties and this and that, you know, if you can talk about a misplay, we can talk about the very first drive of the game, I believe it was. Cody yeah. Fajardo had Shaq Evans wide open and either Evans gave up on the route or Fajardo overthrew him or a bit of both. There was wide open for a touchdown there. Oh, yeah. And I, and I just said this at that point, I was like, oh, they're going to regret that. And you just. You have to think about how would that game have gone had they scored that touchdown. 
Yes. Would have it been off to the races for the offense in the rest of that game? I think maybe. I think it might have been. Yeah, and, and, and I think it's the confidence build. When you are playing a team like Calgary, it, it, they seem like, and you've seen it largely in their Grey Cup losses, if you can find a way to make them bleed their own blood, one of, of mm-hmm. course, my favorite lines um, in cinema history, um, if you can find a way to make them bleed their own blood a little bit, it, it seems like that, that swagger that is built from Bo Levi Mitchell out for the rest of that team gets knocked down a peg, right? Mm-hmm. They seem like much more vulnerable of a football team. So to say that, and of course, you know, when you when you lose a two-point game, you had a wide-open, you know, opportunity to score six early on in the game. It's just, it is one of those that you think, that's how you beat Calgary. You mm-hmm. punch them in the mouth. You punch them in the mouth as early as you can. And that would definitely would have been like a strong right cross of the jaw of the Calgary Stampeders. But instead, it's missed. Calgary comes out and does Calgary things. And... But again, not not to the point that if you're if you're a Ryder fan, if if you're on in that team, I, I'm sure the post game message to that team was, "Hey, we're gonna have to come here and win again, and or we're gonna have to beat them again in some capacity, and we know we can." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's a big difference. And you talk about punching in the mouth early. That's basically what the 2013 West Final was. Oh yeah, that was just one punch after another, and that game was over by like halftime. <laughs> oh yeah, and, and I remember I remember going to a friend's house to watch that game, thinking, "Okay, great, like I'm, uh, this is going to be a great football game. This is going to be oh wow, they wow." And next thing you know, all your friends are drunk because they're celebrating, and it's a great time, and everybody's you know who doesn't love the occasional blow in the playoffs, <laughs> right? Like playoffs when, when, is such a high stress situation that sometimes when it, when it involves like, the team that you were a fan of. So when you're a neutral observer, you want every single playoff game to be close and dramatic and as crazy as possible. When it is your you want to get drunk with your rider fan buddies. Well, even then, you can do that while it's all that anyway. But That's fair. When you're watching, like, say I'm watching a Steeler playoff game or something, yeah, you want that game to be like 50 to nothing to the half, so you can just relax. <laughs> oh, oh, 100%. And, and, and my entire lifetime, I've been a, being a Winnipeg Blue Bomber fan and having to see... Dude, you over by half the, the other way. Oh, they've, there's so many games that are over by half. I can't think of the last time. We usually we find we usually get all together with my buddy my buddy Mike and his wife Marlena and some friends of theirs. We'll watch the Bomber playoff game and... Like clockwork, it's just the bed shittery every single time, and it's a drown your sorrows kind of drunk, and that's nowhere near as fun as no. the celebration drinks. No, not at all. Um, a guy who you think might have been drinking before the game was, of course, Bo Levi Mitchell, and not because of his play or anything like that, but an interesting comment he had at halftime to, I believe, yeah. Jermaine Franklin was doing the game. He... He basically he came out and said that the officiating was being biased toward the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Yes. And that instantly caught my attention. And it caught pretty much everyone's attention. And it was a mind-boggling comment. And apparently I think I've read some things that Dave Dickinson might have been saying some of the same stuff. Maybe not quite so publicly. Yes. Which in, a way, in some ways doesn't surprise me. The way, they, the way they think around there sometimes. But it was just like, really? This is what you're going to come out and say at this point. And I I get frustrations with officiating the heat of the moment, all that happens. But to accuse that so openly, and I'm surprised, I don't know, maybe I missed it, but I haven't heard anything about a fine yet, which definitely should be coming. Yeah, you would think so, yeah. But it was just an odd comment, number one, because it wasn't true. And number two, even if it it were, like, what what is to be gained by saying this to a TSN reporter at halftime? I just, it was just such a weird thing to really be going off about at that point. But, but you almost wonder, Joel, and I mean, we all know that Al Bradbury did this game. Yes, and we'll get into that in a second. Yeah, you almost wonder if that's one of those that 
I don't think either side, like it's rare you go on Twitter and you see both sides just trashing the hell out of the referee in a football game. Mm-hmm. Um, and you almost wonder if that wasn't a shot across the bow to Al Bradbury and his crew. You know, it, it, it looked like it, it looked it was a strange comment from Bo Levi. It was the timing of it. I found odd the openness of it. I found odd, but I mean, I respect the openness in one way because it's actually something interesting. So we're not blasting him for saying it from a media oh, perspective. Oh God! Oh God! No! And actually, <laughs> personally, personally, I know you have to protect your refs, mm-hmm. but personally, I, you know, I'd love to see the CFL just kind of sound like, "Come on, Bo, you can't do that on the broadcast, all right?" Like, yeah. and not find the guy because, again, like, like we've talked about it, how shitty sports interviews can be with so many players, like. It's nice to see some emotion and some fire, even though if it, you know, it was a little strange and misguided, if you will. But you almost wonder, like, I know myself as a ref. If I heard that, I'd remember that. Mm -hmm. And I hate to say it, but a lot of officials at a lot of levels and a lot of sports, I know a handful of them. I've been one myself. You tend you tend to hold grudges. There's something about being an official that you tend to hold a grudge on a guy sometimes. And you go, you know, you called me out and, you know, on national TV. I'm going to remember that. Right? Now, well, most all that being, Right. But now, all that being said, the guy that he was calling out is pretty well deserving of it. Yeah, I think so. You know, you know when both teams comment on the officiating, and I saw some people on Twitter saying, well, that means it was well officiated. No, it's not. It means like, it was you fairly I... officiated. It doesn't mean it was well officiated. No, it was fairly <laughs> shitty on both sides. I yeah. mean, there's, there's, the fact is, is there are, and you and I were talking about it, Ed Bradbury versus a guy like, like uh, the, the guy from Saskatoon now, I, Croker, I believe is his last name. I've never, Tim Croker. I don't think I've ever seen anybody take a shot at Tim Croker, and that's a good thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if Andre Prue didn't occasionally say illegible instead of eligible, would we notice games he does? Probably not, no. But it just seems to me like the CFL officiating, especially after watching the, the NFL shit show on Monday <sighs> night, is generally pretty solid except for Al Bradbury because you see when Bradbury's doing the game, and I don't – I either you tweeted or you texted me about it saying, oh, great, Bradbury's doing this game. And it was a, huh. And you know the minute you go on social media, that kind of stuff's going to be happening. Yeah, and so uh, I'm not going to... The officiating was bad, and in my post-game columns, I generally don't like to write about officiating, but... No, especially especially as as two guys that I've never... I've I've attended... When I did play-by-play, I attended referee courses to have a knowledge of the Mm -hmm. rules. Yep. To make sure I was never left without something to say mm-hmm. uh, in, in complicated situations, but uh, God, I've never refed a game of football in my life, and so I don't. I, I'm with you. I don't like commenting on the officials. I don't like bringing this up, but no. like that it was a, sh- it, it, it was a it, shitty it, job. Yeah, in every game, there's going to be a weird call here or there, and that kind of evens out. But this was just an all around, just kind of a bad, offici- a poorly officiated game, and. Because as much as, okay, you, some people can argue that the ankle twisting and the spearing and all that went, went way, but then there was the there was the P.I. call on Ed Ganey that looked super weak. 
Yeah. I mean, TSN didn't do anyone any favors by only showing the one angle of the guy's back where you couldn't see anything. Yeah. That's a whole other issue. So, Ed, and then, I mean, Ed Ganey needs to do better and keep his head together after that and not tack on another 15 yards on top of that. Yeah. But there was just a lot of poor... It calmed down a little bit in the second half. When the first half, there was just such a big storyline that I had to talk about it, even though I don't like to. And for me, I don't even blame Al Bradbury. For me, it came down to... This is a you know this is a known situation. Fans across the league know Al Bradbury for this reason. I think in some fans' eyes, Al Bradbury is the ref that people think Andre Pru is. Right. And right. they just they put Al Bradbury in a tough spot, calling a game he probably shouldn't have, or at least maybe he's fine. It's his crew that's bad. I don't know. Whatever the situation is, in a game of that magnitude, he's probably not the guy because I don't ever really remember him going that deep into the playoffs. Where your you know your season rankings kind of matters at that point. Yeah, for sure. So why was he doing this game? Why wasn't he doing Toronto and Ottawa instead? And you send out Croker or Prue or you know Ben Major or any one of these other guys to call this game because. And I tweeted this. Uh, I believe I tweeted this or I texted some people this at least after the game, after the Monday Night Football game, and the how the debacle of an ending that was for the officials. Oh, that was brutal. Even though the Lions are folded, deserving for losers for blowing so many opportunities to score, but at the same it's time. Fair. At the same time, there were some really, really horror-awful calls that affected the outcome of that game. And my thought was, I think for the first time ever this year, I can say CFL officials are better, at least so far, than the NFL officials. And that's not to say that I ever thought NFL officials were better. I just thought I used to see them on kind of a level playing field in terms of how often they blew bad calls. I think this year, it is heavily skewing towards the NFL on that side, to be clear. No, and and you're you're absolutely bang on, which is funny for the NFL apologists you always talk talk to. You know, they talk about the fact that these refs are doing part. This is a part. The CFL refing is a part time job. So like, if they have a shitty game or two, there's a fair excuse. Like this is like every one of these guys has a full time nine to five job. The NFL, their guys are full time and making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. They, they you know there really is no excuse. So. I'm I'm with you, Joel. You know, minus uh, minus this game. There's been a few other rough patches. Yeah, it happens every once in a while, right? But overall, it's always going to happen. But yeah, mm-hmm. overall, compared to what the NFL's brought forth this year, it's just you know it, it's night and day. It's been and it's been genuinely solid. And the thing is, you are bang on the fact that they adjust crew. Well, your crew's set, but you know they 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 purge a bunch of guys like. No rookie official works past, I believe, week eight because a friend of mine was a rookie official this year. A different hmm. friend of mine was a rookie official two years ago. Wait, you ago, have two right? friends? Acquaintances of mine, I should say. <laughs> <laughs> what I is what I should be saying, my friend. But um, yeah, there's you and my wife, and well, she my has mom. to be your friend. True, true, and. You don't have to be, so... No, but, man, I don't know. I guess so I feel you pity know. or something, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could have revealed that before I stay at your house in two weeks. Um, <laughs> but but you're right, the CFL does take it seriously, and, and there has been, you know, as, as we sit here and talk about, you know, both teams being upset and the game not being well officiated, there haven't been many, like long conversation blunders this year no there's nothing really to me that stands out as you know a defining call of something that we've been talking about for weeks 
after the fact. Like, I don't remember a major officiating moment this season, to be honest with you. Which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Which, which is, which is, which is a great thing. And considering that, you know, you and I that watch so many games mm-hmm. can only name by name, you know, realistically one guy because 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 of his accent. Like, let's let's be honest here. We can name one guy because of his accent, one guy because he's notoriously shitty, and another guy because he's from the city I live in. And I remember Ben Major because he did the last game I watched. That's fair. I had no idea who Ben Major was. He could have been a porn <laughs> star for all I care. Ben Major kind of sounds like a porn name, all right? So I'm, I'm like, I'm just going to roll with this. I'm going to trust There's Joel. Kim Murphy he's... as well. That's another official in the league. Another porn name. So what what Am I wrong? <laughs> <laughs> What what is for sure is that fans don't come out to watch the officiating. Unless, though, I learned before we started recording that officials have tickets at games, which actually makes a lot of sense because I'm sure their friends and family like to come watch them as well. But regardless, except, for Al Bra- except to steal your joke, except for Al Bradbury fans, <laughs> maybe. So ninety nine point nine 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 percent of fans in the stadium are there to watch the players. Yes, and not the officials. But we've been noticing across the CFL, and it's been a bit of a talking point this year that. Attendance is down for the most part, though. I guess I think I saw Danny Austin saying Calgary's actually up a tick this year, which is good. Which, yeah. which again, I, I think is might be a byproduct from things not going back to the way they were, but things stabilizing a little in Alberta. Ah, it's, it's 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 such it was it's up a tick, but it's basically flat. Which I guess for the CFL this year is kind of up. I don't, it's I don't, true. Maybe finally winning the Grey Cup. There's probably such a small number that there could be a number of factors. Um, right, but and so has this been a conversation across the CFL all year that basically everyone else attendance is down? Yeah, the Riders having the smallest drop. Uh, Edmonton's kind of been up and down. They did the smart thing and introduced that general admission pass, which I think has helped. Yeah. Um, then of course we saw we saw what happened in Winnipeg this week, and that got some people talking about attendance. But there was one hundred percent. Uh, you know, 100% real reasons why a number of people did not go to that football game, and they all make 100% sense. And if you yes. thought otherwise, you're a complete idiot. Um, yes, well, agreed. Agreed, absolutely. And that's about all we're going to say about that. We don't need to make any up any hot takes and then plan an apology for the next day. Two days later, after you double down on it. Don't forget yeah. about that. Yeah. So, but the interesting thing is what we're starting to see as more sports kind of kick off this year because the CFL opens in kind of the... You know, kind of a void of sports for the most part, as it opens up in the middle of baseball season, where you know the diehards are walk- watching, but a number of people have tuned out. So you can't really, you can't really gauge too much on June baseball attendance numbers, quite frankly. Right, you're absolutely right. But now, you know, the NHL is starting again. The NFL has been up and running for a few weeks. The NBA is just around the corner, so they'll kind of be interesting to watch what happens there. Pretty much everyone, it seems, is at best flat or down. When it mm-hmm. comes to attendance, and we're talking individual teams here, not leagues. I think league-wide, probably all of them are down a little bit. You're even seeing, like, NFL stadiums. I see, if you follow on Twitter, there's the Empty Seats Galore account. Yes. Which is a fabulous account that shows you empty stadiums. Um, even places like Baltimore. I mean, the R- Washington Football Club has, scheduled, has struggled for years to sell out their mammoth stadium. Um, yeah. Baltimore is down this year. You're seeing a lot of places where numbers are down, and... The interesting tweet, and I generally don't like his tweets because I think Ken Campbell of the Hockey News is a dinosaur. But yes, he did have the interesting thought of was the other day. I think it was four of the six Canadian teams, or however Canadian seven, sorry, Canadian teams are on the NHL played in one night, and only Toronto sold out. Yeah, 
And of course, Winnipeg, okay, there's still lingering effects of the storm, I'm sure, so whatever on that one. But you still had Ottawa, which, I mean, we don't need to get into the reasons there because this is not a hockey podcast. No, no, exactly. With the with their tarped off upper <clears throat> deck, too. They, they're they not selling out while tarping off large sections of their upper deck. Well, they, they removed the tarps last year, actually. Um Oh, which shows, shows how close attention I pay to the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, you and everyone else. Um, so <laughs> there's there's issues there. Montreal didn't sell out, which is interesting. Vancouver didn't sell out, which they don't often much anymore anyway, because their markets, there's lots of reasons why in there as well. I believe yes. Calgary is a little short as well. And so it really makes a thing because that's kind of, I think for in sports in Canada, that's kind of the cannoli, the, the canary in the coal mine situation where Teams that generally in sports that always sell out, and maybe we should have seen it a little bit with the Riders. Mm-hmm. If that's dipping, no one's safe. Quite frankly, no, no, and you're and you're absolutely right. And and you've been able to watch this, you know, in the old job where where I would be closer following the Western Hockey League, and I'd be closer following the SJHL and all this kind of you know Junior B and things like that. Um, that to me was also a canary in the coal mine situation, which you started seeing across the board. People were okay. People were still going to the more expensive events, rider games, rush games uh, in NHL cities, the NHL games. And that also started taking a dip there at your grassroots level. And now that it's happening at the major league level, you know, can I say I'm surprised? I'm to be honest. I, I don't think I am Joel. I, I, no. I think it is so it is so much easier to sit at home walk to the store get a bag of chips walk to the liquor store get a six pack of something and basically have the same experience with your friends with alone with your family than it is to actually go to a game and the CFL is still you know relatively affordable right yep i i like it can be better. It can be better, but yes, relatively speaking, it could, yeah. it, it could be better. Yes, uh, but I mean, you know, compared to me spending three hundred and twenty-five dollars on a Heritage Classic ticket to sit outside um, at eight o'clock at night in the end of October after day drinking with you all day. Let's not forget the day drinking. I'll feel nice and warm. Um, <laughs> it it's yeah, and that's what you that's your going price for tickets in NHL City, and and you know, all jokes aside, let's not even get started on NFL tickets in the states. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Unless, unless you're lucky start... enough to be one of the people who's able to get it on face value, it's not as bad. But yes. it's hard to get face value NFL tickets for the most part. Yeah, exactly. And the other thing, too, is is A, so now you've got the advent of TV and on-demand and streaming services. And, yep. you know, it's easier than ever to get access to all the sports you want in the comfort of your own home. Now, B, um, I mean, I, I haven't been... Let's face it. When I go to when I go to a, a game, uh, NHL or whatever, I mean, I've paid a premium for playoff Jets tickets and Heritage Classic tickets. My routine is usually go to a bar, have some drinks, eat. Like for me, and it's an event, right? I see mm-hmm. it like once in a while, but I couldn't imagine the thought of you know leaving work at six o'clock and having to eat at a hockey game, yeah, a football game. Like, I mean, like, we're talking, like, have you seen some of the prices for concession? It, 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 it's... For below average food, for the most part. Exactly. Absolutely. And usually below average beer that they're charging an arm and a leg for. So it's 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 a perfect culmination of things. And you're right. When NHL teams aren't selling out across the country and, and NFL teams aren't selling out and, 
Major League Baseball teams aren't selling out playoff games. You're going... And from what I understand, okay. this is like extends outside of North America where a lot of the you know European soccer leagues and rugby leagues are struggling with the same thing. Yeah. But on the same note, it's it's it was your tweet, and and I should let you say it because it's just it's it's just that good about the common man. Yeah. So essentially, the empire that, is my opinion, is the empire that is pro sports today, was built on you know the interest of Joe and Jill Public. There would not be pro sports if it wasn't for the average fan over the years, and it feels now with you know with all the corporate seats and boxes and all this sort of thing that we've essentially been forgotten and yeah. in the long run that's not healthy for any league i don't care what i don't care what acronym your league is that's not good for your league if the average fan is is not willing to spend the money whether they can afford it or not isn't the question you could be a billionaire and you could say no i don't want to spend 200 dollars to go to a game it, it doesn't matter but what remains yes. is do you do you think this is a good value for your money? And right now, most more and more people are saying no. And as soon as you stop going to you know a game or two a year, that game or two becomes two or three, becomes three or four, becomes five or six, and beyond, depending on how many games your favorite team plays within a year. And it right. becomes easier and easier to not go when you fall out of the habit, and that's a problem. As as much as you know, the TV money and all this is great, and maybe there's going to be future money there thanks to the internet and all that. Maybe that will continue to exist because content will always be king, and maybe the sports will evolve to play in smaller stadiums with big broadcast rights money and everything will be honky-dory. I'm not quite so convinced that's going to happen because I, I think ultimately they're going to need a fan revolution to get people back to make the games exciting again. Otherwise, it's going to fall by the wayside, at least traditional sports as we know it today. There are always other options because there's a great tweet I got from Grant here where he says, where's the next generation of fans when parents can't afford to take kids to a game growing up? Corporate boxes are fine and all until the CEO grew up playing Fortnite, not watching hockey. Greed will catch up to the owners and players eventually. Beebs is right. I mean, Grant is a full disclosure. I've, Grant's been my boss before and a very long time friend. I mean, I, he's, he's a guy with good head on his shoulders and his point is so clear. Like I, I look at, I look at myself, you know, and and I don't I'm not trying to humble brag here. I could go to every Ryder game if I wanted. I go to every Ryder game. I could get pissed up. I could I could stay in a hotel that night. I I can do that. And I don't want to because you're because the bang for my buck is not there. You know, I could have I could have blade season tickets. I want to. The bang for my buck is not there because I can sit at home and watch it in high definition and everything like that. Now, you mentioned the fan revolution. Yeah, and you, when you're at home, you have it on high definition. You can drink what you want. You can eat what you want. You're not surrounded You're not surrounded by idiots. There isn't the possibility of a fight breaking out around you. There isn't some people saying inappropriate things around your children. It's all. It's a controlled environment that is just far more enjoyable, quite frankly. I can, I, I, if Max gets bored of watching the game, he can play Nintendo while I watch the game. That's that's That's... On Sundays, usually Lacey goes out of the house at some point. Me and the boys sit in the basement and watch, you know, NFL Red Zone. Max gets bored. He plays his games. Connor is just, you know, he's, I mean, like he's one. He's just wandering around the basement, right? Like, it's a Kunamaton. It's everything I want it to be. Like, and, and I don't have those stresses <laughs> if I'm at a game. But, and you mentioned the fan revolution, and there's two markets that come to mind. And, and one, we talked about the Edmonton Eskimos general admission tickets and free tickets for the kids in the summer. Mm-hmm. That, to me, is the things that even the teams that are selling out need to start looking at doing. You look what the yeah. Atlanta Falcons have done. 
Now, yeah. the Atlanta Falcons, you still pay a premium for the ticket mm-hmm. to go to an Atlanta Falcons game, but concession prices, you can get a hot dog for two bucks yeah. in Atlanta. You know, so basically the Falcons have gone, okay, we're still going to charge a premium. But, I mean, it's one thing to say, you know, if you and I want to go to a Falcons game, hey, Joel, the tickets are 100 bucks a pop. Yeah. But, hey, we can get beers for 4 bucks. We can get a couple hot dogs for 2 bucks. You're, you're taking, you know, you're taking the parking element out of it, you know, with cheap parking. You're taking the, the cost of food element out of it. You mm-hmm. know, I, I'm willing, like, I, like, all jokes aside, I'm willing to pay a premium for my Heritage Classic tickets because – I know damn well I'm probably not going to eat a thing at the game because you and I will be at the pile of bones tap house right up until right up until the anthems, right? Like we'll be there with my buddy Jay and and I'll be well fed and half in the bag. So it, it it's just I I and you know nobody's going to be proactive about it. No, but I no think one, the first... no, it, the, these industries and you know the billionaires that control them are always reactive to everything and they're slow moving. Exactly, and I will. I will give kudos the Edmonton Eskimos on being proactive, and the Atlanta Falcons for being proactive. And I would love to see. And I think we've talked about this podcast. I'm the kind of guy if I'm going to Regina, if I'm taking my trip from Saskatoon to Regina, I'm buying good seats. But if you're only going to go to like a game a year, you might as well make it worth it. Exactly, but on the same breath, I would love the option. That if I was in Regina for for whatever reason, whether it be work, whether it be whatever, I remember one of the best nights I had at a football game. I was in Edmonton just visiting some buddies, and we got student tickets way up in the nosebleeds, ten bucks a pop. Yeah. And it's going to be the teams that start bringing that back, whether it's NHL, whether it's NLL, whether it's CFL, whether it's MLS. It's going to be the first guys that start doing that that are going to start bringing some people back. 100%. If you want to still, if you want to still charge an arm and a leg for your really good seats, go mm-hmm. ahead. All the power to you. People are still going to buy those. Yep. But it reminds me of old stories of my father-in-law talking about. He's talking about back in the day when he lived in Regina, and there was a you could sit in a grass knoll at Mosaic <sighs> Stadium with a two-six of whiskey that you snuck that you barely had to sneak in. You just had after the security guard a drink and just get plastered and watch football. Yeah. I, well, like so, I, I remember when I was in university, the when I was a hockey fan, the Senators they used to have the student rush games where you got an email. Like the day of the game, and it was like, okay, this is your offer right now. It's like fifteen bucks. Come get this ticket and do standing room. I'd be like, cool, yeah, I'll go tonight. Yeah, right. And then it got someone in the door. And granted, I didn't really buy anything there because I was a student, but it was still there was someone in the door. And I think you need to get the fans going to the games again to build that connection. That because it's you know for us at our age now, it's fine. We have the connections with the teams that we follow and the sports that we mm-hmm. love. But if you don't do that when you're young and all you do is all they do is watch it on TV, you're never really going to appreciate the game fully, I don't think, because it's a very it's still watching a game live is still very different than watching it on television. Yes, you're absolutely right. And it's not like it used to be where you just go down and sit and watch the game and blah blah blah. So the entertainment and all that surrounding games when you go needs to be better and I get that. But yeah, so it comes down to pricing and making sure that people can afford so you can actually build this connection with the team again. I think we see it in Saskatchewan even a little bit where the connection of the fan base and the team isn't quite what it used to be. It's still pretty strong in this mm-hmm. province, but it's still not 
quite there. And you're seeing, you know, Toronto, it's completely gone, basically, with the the Maple Leafs, the Habs, you know, these big teams yeah. that basically sell out all the time and it's all corporate seats. The fans growing up today don't really get a chance to go and you don't really build that true love connection for a team. And maybe that's why their interest, especially in like Toronto, where you're starting to see that more with like the Raptors versus the, the Maple Leafs. Yeah. Well, well, and I think I, I think too, Joel. I think two two things have happened, and this is why basketball to me is going to be an interesting case study. Mm-hmm. Um, football as a whole, I still plan on putting my boys in football, but concussions are a real fear. Yeah, they're scary. I've had five; they're terrifying. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, they're a real fear that people have about, you know, putting their kids into football and loving football. And, and I, I know that football is doing a lot of things like moving some contact and, and moving to flag focus programs. And I don't know what the game's going to look like when Max is potentially playing high school football. I imagine it will be different from from what it looks like now. Yeah. Hockey. I've said it on this podcast before. My kids aren't going to play hockey. No, I like. Again, if I have kids, I'm doing everything I can to make sure they don't play hockey either. 100%. 100% I am. Because, like, Max has no interest in skating at four years old. I'm totally okay with that. Yeah. Because... Not even, not even from don't... a safety perspective, the game is just too damn expensive to play. Forget everything else. That, that's exactly it. I'm Yeah, I... I my which is a whole other issue. I... Which is a whole other issue for hockey, but yeah. Exactly. So, to me, basketball is the case study... In in attendance, and a I, I get it. We only have the one team, but it's cheap. I literally I took Max out to play basketball for the first time ever mm-hmm. because there was There's a yard public sale courts everywhere, and all you need is a ball. Uh, and and we were at a yard sale, and the ball was free. <laughs> they had a basketball. They had an outdoor basketball that was free, and I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I will take that. Let's let's go shoot some hoops, bud. Mm-hmm. Um, it. Uh, that's why it is such an interesting case study, and it will be an interesting case study across across the states as well because it is cheap, and I think kids are always going to be drawn to the sport that they play, mm-hmm. you know, and and I think more and more parents are, you know, keeping kids out of football because of the concussion issues, and they're keeping kids out of hockey because nobody needs a second mortgage on their house just to afford – or nobody needs a second mortgage on their house and to wake their kids up at 5 a.m. on a school day to go out and, you know, play shinny in a small town rink half an hour away. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.